0: Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Welcome all to today's podcast. Today we're doing the final install episode on death and dying. It's kind of just doing a real quick wrap up kind of thing for it. Just talking about the importance of our belief systems in that process of death and dying, you know, and how does that belief, how does our faith help us navigate loss? Because loss is such a, it's such a significant event that happens.
1: And especially where, it, like I say, it, it comes into your belief system. Where does that person go after they're no longer here?
0: Mm-hmm. Or do
1: they go anywhere? Reminds me of Finding Nemo. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, we were
0: watching uh, our niece. She was little, and, and we finally got her to calm down. By watching Finding Nemo, yeah. which we had to then watch seven hundred times, I just want you to know. Yeah, but she was watching the first the opening scene, and you know
1: when uh, I don't know if it's the opening scene, but it's the the part where the the mom gets killed, and so so Marlin is swimming all over looking for her, and she my niece turns and looks at us and says, "Where did Carl go?" <laughs> They couldn't find her, didn't know what happened to her. So it was one of those things of, oh, she's too young for this.
0: Well, you know, she swam away. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But oftentimes when people come in and we're doing grief and loss, it's what do you think happens? Because oftentimes when people don't have a good sense of that, they feel there's such an uncertainty with them. They don't know what to grasp onto. They don't know what to believe and stuff. So we work, we do do some work around that as well. I just started working with the grief and loss and, you know, even those things of how do you get those, the last image of that person, even if it's a good thing, how do we have navigate past that? And, you know, one of the things we talked about, and the other one is that time provides space and in providing the space, we're able to see things differently. Not that
1: time heals it. All time does is give space. But it's what we do within that time. And with that space, whether or not that leads to a healing place. Yes.
0: And when we're talking about healing, understand this. It's not about forgetting. It's not about saying that there's still not sadness associated with the loss, because that's just a given. That's going to be there. It is a deep wound that will stay with you. But once again, what do we do to surround that wound, to nurture, to help with that loss so that it doesn't. Feels so overwhelming for us and and that you know as time goes on that the depth to which it is is not the same as at the moment
1: the pain isn't the intensity as it was at that moment
0: yes the pain in our loss is going to be there because nothing's going to bring that back but it's what do you know what is our belief what happens to people you know why are things so important? We have rituals around death. We have those things. I remember being in college and I took a Native American class, and and uh, we had a Native American chief come. And he was talking to us and he said, when the Native Americans saw the the rituals of Catholicism, they got on board with that because they didn't understand. So when you know you have the Catholic uh, funeral, they come and they the smell that you get the the it's the incense that they use. So the Native Americans, oh, they're smoking us off. You know, they're smoking the person off, which is the Native Americans use cedar and do to, as a cleansing process. And then of course, you know, they do the holy water. Oh, well they're giving them water for their next journey. So he said so that was their perception of it. So they could be on board with that because it it kind of mirrored what they did, you know, whether they give tobacco and and they do the cedar or, you know, all that stuff. So it, it fit. You know what I mean? So that's the ritual in the Catholic when you do uh, the catholic burial you know we have the rosary and then followed by the the funeral and i know and for you for yours it's a little bit different you don't do all
1: that uh, well they you know do do several you do a viewing um, right things usually yeah there's a viewing and then there's the service you know or memorial however mm-hmm. they want to do it but and i know that some of that tradition i don't know how prevalent it is these days to still have viewings and all of that before there's a funeral and that. But I know a lot of things changed with COVID. So I don't know how much that impacted that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like now. And once again, you know, different faiths. I talked with a Native American and just kind of about that. They're very honored to get old. They, they have a celebration for life, you know, and death. The medicine person will come and instill to the pers- to the family and stuff that they're okay. They talk about the loss. And I think, you know, that's what's interesting. We were talking to a friend of ours yesterday and and I thought it was interesting because she talked about joining a grief and loss group. And that's the other thing. Being in a group where other people are experiencing that is sometimes very helpful for us. You know, it helps us to navigate, it helps us to hear ideas, it helps us to hear how are they doing, what are they doing, and it offers that added support. And she was saying about going to, you know, where there she grew up Catholic, but she had not been around latin people you know, in the latin community in my culture it's you do when you you feel that loss very deeply you you'll hear the, the the women wailing those kind of things and then after that we go have a meal and we laugh and we talk about those people we share those memories you know you so it's a little
1: you shift it to the celebration of the life
0: yes so that's really really important to us and you know with and once again back to the native americans you know they do talk about the loss and for them The journey does not end, it just transfers somewhere else. So for them, it's a transfer. But they do have their rituals. They paint the body the color. So they paint the body with the color so the ancestors can find them. And they can be be recognized by them. They wash the feet to let things go. They use cedar to let the spirit go. That's a purification. They do not wash the hands because only the Creator can do that. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of that. belief system for them. But it's very important to them because once again, that's part of that healing process. Right. Very much so. Buddhists do not, Buddhists just believe that death is part of the natural part of cycle of life. So it's a little bit different. And for them, death simply means, you know, that it's a rebirth. The body is only the vessel that holds that soul. And they usually opt for cremation because, you know, the energy then releases. But once again, that belief system of it doesn't end. You know, when we look at Christianity, it doesn't end. The soul.
1: Right. They believe the soul ascends. So basically within all of them, it's a lot of times, I guess you could view it as it's that transference of energy to a different plane, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which is the Muslim, same thing, you know,
0: life after death. They have the three-day mourning period, things like that. They wash their dead. That's a show of respect. Once again, it's honoring the dead. But at the same time, you know, believing there's that transfer, you know, as they talk about this whole energy, the Hindus create their loved ones, and that's because it's the quickest way to release for them that energy to go and to become something else, to be reincarnated into something else. I think what we see in this is a majority of religions and faith believe that there's something more. It's not the end. Atheist is a little bit different, though. They're like, you're done. (laughs)
1: right and whatever brings comfort i feel like that that should be definitely the focus and because that's what it's about it's about being able to heal and so even for the atheist if they don't believe you know that you know there's an energy that's moving on maybe they believe that that's it that's the end maybe there's some relief in that so whatever brings peace and comfort to a person i believe that should be the focus And neither belief is, none of these
0: beliefs are right, wrong, or indifferent. Every belief is very important to each individual. And it is a it's like a sacred thing to people. And we should always respect what people believe. It's not about us having to believe like somebody else or anything like that. In particular, I think around death and dying, because the death itself is so significant that what brings people comfort in that time, that belief of what happens to the soul, the energy, whatever you want to call it, is so relevant in that healing process.
1: Well, the so, depth so to which you feel that loss, you know, it it has to be such a personal journey to come back and, you know, heal from that.
0: And it is, it's a personal journey that we can either choose to do on our own or what we do, we can do is do on our own, have our faith in that or we can have our faith but do it surround ourselves with those people who can help, who mm-hmm. can really we can talk to about those people that are so significant in our
1: lives. And sometimes I think, you know, it could be a matter of, you know, maybe you find the comfort by doing the research into some of these different beliefs and philosophies so that you can find that peace. Because, you you know, a lot of times people don't go outside of what they know. And sometimes you need to seek that to find what you're looking for.
0: Well, and I think, too, so. sometimes along the way, people lose what they know. You know what I mean? And, you know, oftentimes when I'm doing grief and loss, you know, people, and when I ask that question, well, what is your belief? I don't know. I don't, I never really thought about it. And, you know, now I'm at this place where I feel like I have to think about it. And I will tell people, and they'll say, well, you know, if I didn't really grow up in anything or whatever, then I say, well, you know what, go, and I'll tell them, go look at different things. And they'll ask me, well, what do you believe? And I'll say, you know, what I believe is different. It may be different than some other people's beliefs or your beliefs or whatever. And I said, It's not about that. It's about you finding, you being on that journey to find and having those conversations about it. And I have had some who come back and say, you know, I really like this about, say, Buddhism or this about being Muslim or Native or Christianity or Judaism or, you know, whatever that is.
1: Right, and I think that you have to find what resonates with you. And, you know, there are some people you've been raised maybe in Well, whatever idea you were raised with, you're entrenched in that thinking. And sometimes people don't go outside of that ever. And they're kind of operating on autopilot within that way of thinking. But like, that's what I was uh, saying about going and researching those different things because, you know, a lot of times death does make us question. It makes us think about our own mortality and that kind of stuff. So, you know, sometimes people will be raised with an idea and maybe not even give it a lot of thought. But then when they're faced with something like that, I feel like that's a great opportunity to go and look into what resonates with you. Well, I think the other flip side of that
0: is, too, is often I've had this, too, when when somebody significant passes for somebody, they will lose their faith. They will blame because that the depths of that sorrow is so deep that they need to blame somebody. And oftentimes they'll blame God or, you know, whoever it is, whatever that belief is. How could you do this to me? But that's part of the grief and loss process. And I tell them these some of this might be temporary. And it is because in that grief and loss, we we don't think clearly. We are so lost for those moments in the hurt. And just, yeah, and I think that it becomes one of those things of also holding space for ourselves, giving ourselves permission for that grief and loss, giving, because a lot of people, they don't, they just go right back in and they do everything and they don't want to deal with it. They, they It hurts too much. I'm not going to do it. And I always tell people it eventually catches up with us when we do things like that. So it's a matter of holding space for ourselves and saying, it's okay for me to have this grief and loss it's okay
1: for me to talk about it, it's okay, you know, all of those things. It's okay for me to question and look into, you know, different ideas about it.
0: Yeah, anything that's going to help us to get, to become more healthy within that. And once again, when we're talking about healthy, we're not talking about it being erased or being forgotten,
1: because we don't forget anything. No, you won't forget it. It's sort of like even a physical injury, I feel like, I mean... It can be an extremely bad injury, and at that moment, the intensity of it. And over time, that healing process, you still may, years later, after it's completely healed, how many times you hear people say, oh, I know the weather's changing. I already feel it in that <laughs> injured spot. You know what I mean? So those, there's
0: always those little reminders. There will
1: be those reminders, exactly. I feel like that it's it's sort of along those same lines, that you will still feel it. But the intensity, hopefully, is not what it was at that moment.
0: We well, you know, always tell people, think about this with women giving birth. Right. If you really remembered the, that every single thing, and I think our bodies do that intentionally, it kind of helps us. Because if you had that same intense feeling all the time, if you, who would give birth the second time? You know, and, I've, and I've talked with friends who have had, and they're, they're like, oh, God, no, you kind of, it's not that you forget it, but it, as time goes on, the memory of it, or whatever that is, we want to call it. And so they can then go on and have another baby.
1: <laughs> and I think it is, it's a protective thing that our mind oh, does
0: absolutely. in a way to help us. Absolutely. And once again, our it's set up to, to take care of us and to do those kind of things. But in grief and loss, I think we just, it's like you have your compass, and it's just spinning all over the place. And, and we don't know what direction to go. That's why I tell people If you have family and friends or people or groups or whatever that is to help get your compass back to where it can help you navigate, then by all means do it. Yeah. I think those are the most important things that we do, you know, and um, once again, learning how to navigate the loss and, and, and understand that you navigate differently after that. It's not going to be the same.
1: Right. And it shouldn't be the same. And and like I say, sometimes it brings clarity because we have to understand what our beliefs are around death and dying. So we have to investigate that more, and and that will help us, I feel like, in the healing process. And you and I will do a lot. We'll watch and read a
0: lot of different stuff on death and dying or on faiths and stuff like that. One of the things we did watch, uh, watch was Life After Death. It was an expedition unknown search search for the afterlife.
1: Yeah, it was a really good series done by Josh Gates. And I really appreciated watching that just seeing the different cultures and some of their rituals and things that they do after somebody passes. And where
0: you know, the belief around it and all of those things. And even in watching these things, does it mean we we sit there and say, Oh, this is our belief system? No. But I think that we do respect other people's belief systems. And Understand, especially in that you know whatever you believe,
1: right? And you're not going to be able to embrace everything in the same way. I mean, there were some of them that we watched on that series. I remember one specifically in that village where that it just seemed like this huge party. They had a race that they did, and they had a bullfight and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And you know, I mean, you know, they talked about the actual belief of what they thought happened and why um, they
0: were doing this. Why whole they thing, were doing this? Like.
1: Yes, but it was interesting to see that, and I can't imagine celebrating the life in that way. But you know, <laughs> they did, so it was really interesting to see that.
0: And once again, and and we encourage people, and I've always I encourage uh, you know when I work with clients and stuff like that, go out, explore, learn more, because when we learn more about others and stuff, sometimes we learn more about ourselves, and particularly. You know, when it comes to death and dying, I think that that's been, and and I know for me, it has helped dealing with the losses I've had in, in, in my own personal life and stuff like that. And it helped me too, because I knew, even though I started out Catholic, mom and dad didn't, they always referred to themselves as Catholic, but we didn't go to church. But I knew that my parents were very, they had a very strong spiritual side to them. Had a very strong belief system, and of course, you know, we're the true Latin Catholic family with our statues of the Virgin Mary and Jesus and the Last Supper and our crosses. (laughs) But it wasn't; it was more than that. It really was that that strong faith that I felt from my parents, and it wasn't about pushing Catholicism. It wasn't about any of that. It was about that strong faith, and I so love and cherish the times that as a family, whether it was more siblings or less siblings uh, or my parents talking about different faiths, different things, different beliefs, you know, all of those things that for me really did help me as well because of that strong faith that I saw them display.
1: Right. You saw what they emanated. And that, that is a, a huge piece of how we come to those conclusions and, so it's important to factor all of that in, even when you're doing research to, to sort things out and, and make sense of all of it. And looking to those people
0: who you can draw strength from through their example and, and all of those things, you know, I think that's really important as well, yeah. you know, is, is where can I go to? Who, who are those people that I know have that strength and I, I can draw from that strength and it, and it really does provide me things, you know, that provides me with that time to heal and all of that, which is so relevant and important. And once again, everybody's grief and loss process is theirs. There isn't a timestamp that we say, okay, three weeks and two days, done. No. (laughs) Right. That's not how it works. No, I definitely don't want anybody to think in listening to this, that that's what we're saying, absolutely not. It is a journey. And it is a journey that once you have those significant losses, that journey is, that piece is a part of the journey you have, just as all those other pieces in your life are part of that journey. But that's such a significant piece to it.
1: And it's part of what shapes us. Absolutely. It's a part of, it goes on beyond that, because it it helps us to understand even when someone else is going through a loss. We we have these ideas and that and we want to be supportive of other people. And I feel like that we do that through the learning process for ourselves.
0: You know, one of the things with my friend, our friend Kathy, is after she lost her friend who was just, you know, they just had this amazing, amazing friendship. And beyond that, that loss. And so, and to me, I think we get into that place where people, once again, people come around for the first week or two and and then they leave and then these people are just alone again. And, you know, one of the things In my head, I was like, I, I, I didn't ever want Kathy to feel alone. Like we weren't still a part of that, you know. So, whether she likes it or not, Kathy has to get up and hug me. (laughs) I don't care what she's doing, but it's part of that. But it's also because of the depth of the of the friendship that we have for her as well.
1: Right. Just checking in with her. I mean, this is you know more than a year later, but understanding that this person was so significant and, and just checking in with her, you know, saying, Hey, how are you doing?
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's important is, you know, when, when you are around people who have had a loss, remember that when we experience that loss, we know it doesn't end two weeks later or a month later or a year later. So I always tell people, take that opportunity, check in on people, see what is, how they're doing because it, the loss once again is always there right and not wanting and i think also it helps you to remember that something so significant to you remains significant
1: yeah i mean i feel like that you know if people know that they know that you're thinking of them in this throughout this situation it's going to mean so much to them
0: well i know for me and i know for you that you know once again the significance of of people, you know, after our losses, checking in, and, and you know, I know, you know, even a little ways down, how are, this must this must still feel so different and harder, whatever those words are that people use, and and I have gratitude for that, and I think that when you when you get that opportunity to have that, then it becomes important for us to to pay that forward in a way and to remember what the significance that had in your life when somebody remembered a year later or two years later or things like that or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that there's such a significance to that that it tells you that person really does understand the significance of that person that you have lost. Right. And once again, it's not, and you know, we talked about this, we talked about the fur babies and that, I even appreciate that our know, four-legged fur babies. I we still have people who will talk with us about our dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, she used to go into the office with us, so there were a lot of our clients that would interact with her and had memories of her and that. So even when she passed, we put up uh, a picture. Uh, Sylvia helped with that, which was really cool. Yeah, we we put up a picture and a poster. And we asked that everybody, if if they had a memory that they would like to share on there, or something they in particular they they liked about Misha, that they would put that on there. So it was like a little memorial thing to her. And, and there think, were so many people that signed it.
0: And I think that was so cool. Is it wasn't just my clients because we there's three other clinicians in there, and she didn't care. She had no loyalty to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it came to that, and she'd go up and greet people, and and they really liked the fact that as a Chihuahua, she just loved people. She wasn't one; she was bigger than she was. She was afraid of the st- the squirrel that was bigger than her, and she didn't pretend she could run from a leaf blowing in. The, <laughs> she was not that Chihuahua. No, but she loved people. She loved people, and so for us, it was such a it was very significant as well. And you know. I'll still have my clients every once in a while will ask me about her. And I just think that I appreciate that they realize the significance that she was in our life. You know, we had her for almost 13 years. Yeah. So even that, I mean, it just makes you feel good. And so remembering those things and when we're talking about this is is that thing of caring for one another, not just in the few moments after the loss, but. All those moments a year later, two years later, whatever it is, because things, they're so significant and it's so much of that loss will remain a part of our lives, but it doesn't feel as overwhelming and as daunting and as lonely and all of those things when we have people who, well, sharing the loss too, because there's that too, but also who support us
1: and surround us with the love that we need to feel especially in those times. Exactly.
0: And, you know, that's one of the things I really love about the Mexican culture, and they do the Dia de los Muertos because it really is. And we were very fortunate one year. We were actually in uh, Los Cabos when uh, it was during Dia de los Muertos, and we got to see how they celebrate that. And it was really amazing because it really is about not forgetting. And it doesn't matter if that person had passed away a year before, or a month before, or 10 years. Yeah. It didn't matter. It's such a neat thing.
1: Yeah, it was an honor to be a part of that. Yes. And, and really see what it meant to them. Absolutely. It it really helps to
0: remind you that when somebody's significant, you know, that they have a day. They designate a day for it, you know, where everybody knows to do this, you know. And how amazing is that? Mm-hmm. And and if you don't know what that is, watch Coco.
1: yes. Such a good movie. And yes, watch it with some Kleenex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because it is, it's about, you know, not forgetting. It's about remembering and the significance of that. And I think it was really cool how it was done from both the the ones who were alive and the ones who had died and and why it was significant. And, you know, once again, if you haven't watched it, watch it it, because it really does a really pretty good job of depicting that and why it's significant and important. So once again, we can draw from other cultures and faiths and stuff like that. And some people do that remembrance stuff. You know, some people, I have one who's, he's making a shadow box in remembrance of his uh, mom and uh, a brother who passed away and stuff like that. So there's just so many things that you can also do to help that. Mine with my mom as I, every, I wait for spring, cuz i go out and i plant and and i swear when i'm planting i feel like she's right next to me. Right. And for my dad it's being out actually it's when i have a fire in the fireplace.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would probably be the best time i would think.
0: Well, I mean my flame will get so big in there and just nice and toasty warm and i'll I'll tell christy oh my god dad would be so proud of me right now.
1: Right, cuz he <laughs> always yeah. That was important to him. Have a good fire going. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's those things, and you know, just it, whatever it is, whatever it is, you do, and all to bring that joy and that and, and that remembrance piece of it as well. Yeah, I work to not focus on the death, but to really focus on the life and focus on the things that the significant things, sometimes not significant things that they brought to my life and, and the gratitude that I have for it.
1: Yeah, my dad was a workaholic. There's not anything I could think of specifically that I did with him Pilberry. over the years, except for <laughs> when I was a kid, my brother had gotten me a little wheelbarrow, little plastic wheelbarrow, and I called it my pillberry. I don't know where I got that, but That was my pillberry, and I would go out, and I would help my dad pick up sticks. He would get his big wheelbarrow, and he'd go around the yard, and he'd start picking up sticks. I got such a joy out of helping him do that. And I remember years later, in fact, it was only months before he passed away, we had gone to visit them because they lived out of state. And I remember him going out into the yard and picking up sticks, and I went out there to help him. And I felt like I was so happy to be able to do that with him one more time. Well, he made us all pick up sticks that day. (laughs) (laughs) He put us all to work, yeah. Yeah. But it was so significant, and I was grateful for that moment.
0: Well, if we're driving down the road and there's trash on the side of the road, we'll say, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell her, oh yeah, your dad'll be doing that, or you'd be, or you'll say, yeah, Dad would already have that picked up because he really did. He not just a workaholic, but if he was walking, and if he saw trash, he was picking it up. So yeah. there was, you know, in our neighborhood where we lived, there was no trash.
1: <laughs> no, he, yeah. After retirement, he would still he'd go around town and he liked to walk, and he'd go around town and he'd pick up trash. So that's you know something I I always remember about him. You know, and I
0: think that's kind of the cool thing about that is, once again, those memories and, you know, take time, share those memories, you know, and if it's a shared memory, that's even better. So we're getting ready to end this series on death and dying. And and we hope that it, if you are in the process of mourning, that this can bring you some solace. But at the end of this, we're going to actually have a few minutes and we're going to talk about our next podcast. Okay. But there's a movie we like and and I don't even know how well known it is or anything but it's uh Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. And it's such a neat thing because it's about death and more. And it has a lot of great quotes. But this is one of them. He's talking to her to Malone and he says to her, "When King Lear dies in act 5, do you know what Shakespeare has written? He's written, he dies." That's all, nothing more, no fanfare, no metaphor, no brilliant final words. The culmination of the most influential work of dramatic literature is, He dies. It takes Shakespeare, a genius, to come up with, He dies. And yet every time I read those two words, I find myself overwhelmed with dysphoria. And I know it's only natural to be sad, but not because of the words, He dies, but because of the life we saw prior. the words and that's what it is and so we appreciate you listening to that piece and hopefully when reading that quote from that movie it I think it really does sum it up and so now we're going to switch gears because we're going to talk about our podcast for next week is going to be a little bit different We are actually going to just answer questions. So we're going to invite everybody to please. You can obviously post questions on our uh, Two Girls in a Pod on Facebook. Or for those of you who aren't on Facebook, Christy has created
1: an email address. So if you would like to email your questions to Two Girls in a Pod, it's podcast.com two girls in a pod at hotmail.com and the two is the number two so once again um, it's podcast dot two girls in a pod at hotmail.com and you
0: can post questions there as well and you know one of the things is is to make it a little bit more interactive and uh you know, we talk with different people about the podcast and get ideas. And this was one of the ideas. And I said, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. It doesn't matter what the question is. We'll right. do our best to answer it.
1: We just would love to have the interaction and, you know, see what everyone's thinking, what kind of questions you have. It doesn't matter. Like Sharon said, it could be about relationships. It could be about death and dying. It could be about anything.
0: It really doesn't matter what the, the topic is. We'll do Like I said, it's just about Having the questions and uh seeing how well we do on the spot, no, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: just to like I say, no. have those interactions and get an idea of what people would like to know more about. This is a great opportunity to ask a therapist <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know
0: about that, but yeah, <laughs> but the other thing is too, is that we really want and when we talk when I say we want feedback, I really do mean that. We want this to be more interactive, and I know that they've now done it. We're working on this piece of it where we can actually do video. So,
1: yeah, so that may be something that we do in the future. Yes. But remember, we'll have to work on Christy's anxiety around that. Yep, there's a topic fear and anxiety.
0: But the other thing is, too, is that, remember, the more questions we get, the longer the podcast is going to be. If we get two questions, that's going to be a really short podcast because I don't know how long we can uh, stretch out two questions, you know, to.
1: <laughs> well, in fact, I do know that we had mentioned this idea to one of our listeners and have they've already submitted a few questions. So I know we'll have more yes, than so two. Yes, <laughs> so
0: really appreciate that. Yes. Remember, the title is Two Girls in a Pod, Life's Journey and Everything in Between. And when we talk about life's journey, there is a lot of stuff in this journey of life. There really, really is. And so, if even if it's something that we haven't touched on, it doesn't really matter. Right. And I will, if it's therapeutic questions, I can answer them in a not a generic way, but um, a generalized generalized way. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can do more of a general response to those kind of things. But I do think it's really important. That if people do have questions, even comments, and we've had some people who haven't agreed with stuff, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has to agree, Uh, you know. So we have gotten a few. We have gotten some comments, you know, and I'm just there, like you know, I understand, or
1: yeah, we do understand that, and it actually, you know, helps in that if something is said and someone gives us some feedback about it, it gives us that opportunity to do a little bit of clarification about what we said in that that previous episode.
0: Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, you know, when somebody has an opinion about something and, and, you know, if they have that opinion and then I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure if you really listen to the podcast in one instance, uh, somebody made a comment on there and I get it and I understand it, but I think that we have to look at intent and things like that. And once again, we're not ones to do things with intent to harm. Right. But if it is harmful to somebody then we'll take responsibility and accountability for that. Because I think those things are really, really important as well. Right. You know, and we don't, uh, <laughs> we don't always get it right. But I think that, you know, once again, doing our best. And part of this is our journey too. And, and all we can do is speak from our experiences, I guess, is what I'm...
1: Right. And people will hear things differently. So, Mm -hmm. and like I say, it's always good to have that feedback. So we know if, you know, there's anything we need to clarify or that, because like you said, we never come from a place of to do harm or have judgment or those kinds of things.
0: And, you know, one of the things is, is uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a shout out to
1: uh, a friend of mine. We went to,
0: is so interesting because we went to school together and, you know, I don't even think I've seen uh, Maggie since we graduated. And that was a little while back. (laughs) But you know what? I am so grateful that she listens to our podcast. I don't know why it gives me this really cool feeling. And I don't even know what that's about.
1: We but are truly grateful for every listener. Every listener that we have and especially those ones that are so dedicated to it. Oh, absolutely.
0: And like I said, Maggie, when I found out you listened, I was, I told Christy, I said, Oh my God, this is Maggie. We went to school together, you know. And like we come from such a small town. So all of our classmates, you know, we all knew each other well because we were, you know, from kinder first to we graduated and stuff. And, and so for me, that
1: was really, really cool. Yeah. You guys were probably more close knit. What you had, how many in your graduating class?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not 400.
1: Yeah. I mean, people have more than that. Yeah. My class was like 400.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that was so cool to me. And, you know, I really appreciated that. And I don't know, maybe we'll see each other at our next uh, school reunion, which I'm sure is coming up sometime soon. <laughs> so even for that, and, and even, you know, it's those people that I've had in my life. You know, I have a great appreciation for teachers and things like that. And and that's why, because some of my friends went on to be teachers you know, I have friends who are teachers. I worked in with uh, teachers when I was down in the San Luis Valley because I worked in schools as mental health. And and I really appreciate the stuff that they do. I have clients who are teachers, principals, things like that. That's another thing, you know. So all of these relationships that we have throughout time, you know, on this journey that we're on, they add to that, to all the content of what we do. Right. Now all my friends are therapists No. <laughs> <laughs> Therapist and artist.
1: Yeah. You know? That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, but you really do grow to have an appreciation for all of that. And like I said, I think that having all those relationships throughout time, or the time we have up until this point, they're all contributing factors to even what we talk about.
1: Right. They've helped shape and, you know, develop our view of the world. You know, I know you not
0: threaten your sister. <laughs> Slightly nudge her to be one of our followers and
1: I know she gets busy. <laughs> but you know
0: we always know when she actually has listened to an episode cuz you'll get a message. She
1: don't hesitate to give me feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but those things are important and
0: you know and you know one of the things is, is supporting people is really important for us and that's another thing we try to do to To pay it forward is we'll support local artists, we'll support local restaurants, we'll and and I think that giving back is such a huge thing. And in this, we're giving something to the podcast world. I don't even know what we call this. You know, it's such a different thing. That's why we invite that relationship of people sending questions, doing stuff like that because we of that interaction and stuff like that is
1: really really cool for us. And well, we really hope that some even if it's only one person, one listener, that they take something positive from this. I mean, that's our whole goal and intent to hopefully encourage people.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think and in that encouragement, you know, it encourages us as well. Because, you know, as I tell my client, and I truly do say this, and I believe this, I learned so much. I always think that I learned more from them than they learn from me, you know, in that relationship. And And the privilege of being on those journeys with them and really looking at where they're at, where they want to be. You know, and I always say, I can't change somebody's past. If I had that magic wand to take people's hurt away, I definitely would do that, but I don't have that ability. But what I do have the ability is to be present, to truly be present.
1: Right. Also, you as a therapist, especially, I feel like that you have the ability to help people learn those skills that's going to help them get through those difficult times.
0: The thing we have to remember, and this I think is really important is, is as a therapist, it is about being present. And, you know, you get a lot of training and all this and that on it. But, but I think the greater thing we do is when we're present with those people that, not greater, I shouldn't say it like that, but we are present with the people that we love and care about. When we are present with the stranger, because we only have those moments. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do we do in that moment? Yep how do we make every moment significant yeah what does he say about 37 seconds oh yeah but it's another thing but it's what do we do how do we how do we manifest the best that we can in every moment and that means in all of those relationships that we have and we view this as a relationship it's just done in a different way but with every listener We view that as a relationship and we are so honored when you, that you join and you listen to these podcasts. So honored by that and we appreciate it. We have immense gratitude for it. And that's why when we invite you to share comments or questions, we really mean it and we respond quickly.
1: Right. Yeah. So if you want to message us on the Facebook page, two girls in a pod life's journey and everything in between, you can do that. Or again, you can email us at podcast girls in a pod at hotmail.com. We really look
0: forward to hearing from you guys. We hope you appreciated the series on death and dying. It's, you know, it's one of those hard ones, but it's one of those things too, that is part of the journey that we're on. And we felt like it was something that was relevant and important and needed to be talked about. And But if there are other topics that you guys feel are relevant important and need to be talked about we're all for it. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's those really serious stuff or it's something as kooky as UFOs and the paranormal or whatever it is. We appreciate all the feedback and we hope that you guys have an amazing week and we are so looking forward to next week and seeing how that's going to go with the question and answer kind of thing yeah anything else
1: i think that's it
0: (laughs) okay well have a great week and we look forward to next week thank Mm. you for joining yes Bye. bye